Revelation chapter 19, verse 6. Here's what it reminds us of. And I heard, as it were, a great voice of a great multitude as the voice of many waters and as the voice of mighty thunderings saying, Hallelujah. Why don't you join them? I said, why don't you join them? I said, why don't you clap and raise your hands and shout to the living God, omnipotent who reigns. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why are they shouting? Hallelujah. Why? Why are they shouting? Hallelujah. Your Bible answers the question. For the Lord God, omnipotent, reigneth. I want to talk to you today about the Lord God reigning with favorable and confident hope. Today I want to announce, and I want the demon hordes of hell to hear me. I want every principality and every power. I want the spirits of spiritual wickedness in high places to understand that today marks D-Day in the absolute annihilation of fear and despair and hopelessness because today we're declaring war on that demonic disease, that spiritual blight, that pervasive and predatory pandemic called hopelessness. Today, hopelessness has met its match and its master. It's over, it's done, it's terminated, it is discharged forthwith. It's time to hope again. Fear is enemy number one in 2021. Write it down in the flyleaf of your Bible. Put it in the notes in your iPhone. Today, fear is the number one enemy in 2021. Our attack must be threefold. Your Bible says these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. I just gave you, preacher, the rest of your preaching for the year. When everything is rocking and reeling, when the earth is shaking back and forth and to and fro like a drunken man, when ribbons are flapping in the noonday breeze of fear and trepidation, of sorrow and perplexity, when this pervasive demon called hopelessness is roaming to and fro and becoming the unwelcome visitor at every single door in the area where you preach. These are good messages. Why? Because they remain. I'm going to say it again. These three remain. Faith, hope, and love. I'm going to talk about hope. Right in the middle of hopelessness. 
And then every day around here, we talk about love because we love God and we love people. Hope is the essential ingredient for the proper functioning of the human soul, the human mind, the human will, and the human emotions. Without hope, you are fearful. Fear and faith cannot live in the same body, in the same mouth, and in the same mind. They are, they extradite each other. They are mutually exclusive. So if you are in faith, you cannot be in fear. But you can't get to faith if you don't have a womb of hope. Because hope is the womb where faith is conceived. Shall I say it again? Hope is the womb where faith is conceived. And without hope, you will have only the misconception of faith. Yeah. Psalm 130 verse 5, I just love it on the subject of hope. It says, this is why I wait upon you, God. I'm expecting. <laughs> I wish everybody would just shout that word. I'm expecting. Now, if you're expecting, you have to be very, very, very cautious about what you allow to get into your womb. Some of you got too much sugar in your tank. You want to destroy the, combustor, the combustion engine called faith that takes one form of energy, that being the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, like a combustion engine takes takes oil and and it takes oxygen and mixes them together and then it transforms that into kinetic energy which then drives the piston which is your tongue and when the pistons get moving your automobile gets moving and you can cross over the mountain you can drive through the valley i'm trying to talk to some faithful The battle is won or lost in the arena of your expectation. I'll get to that. This is why I wait upon you, God. I'm not waiting on a miracle. I'm not waiting on a word. I got 1,165 pages of words. Quit running around like a baby bird with your forehead stuck out, waiting on some seance master to give you, quote, a word. I got it all over me this morning. This is why I wait upon you, God. Stop waiting on your boss. Stop waiting on a vaccine. Stop waiting on another president, senator, congressman. Stop waiting. Stop waiting. You have the power to move that mountain. Stop waiting on your doctor. Stop waiting on another diagnosis. Whose report are you going to believe? Sorry, trying to get to the text. This is why I wait upon you, God. I'm expecting. 
I'm expecting. Don't want my baby born with fetal alcohol syndrome. Can't put alcohol in my body, in my womb, because I'm carrying something in here. Can't smoke. Can't do crack. Don't want my baby born addicted to crack. Some of y'all may not have that problem, but your baby will mysteriously know how to turn Netflix on. I walked in the room to dedicate a beautiful baby this morning. The Soprowski couple had their first a beautiful little girl named Emery Joy. And I, I walked in there and she looked up just as soon as I said something. She knew my voice. I got people sitting on the fourth pew, been in here 30 years and still don't know my voice. But Emery Joy knows my voice expecting God your breakthrough your sudden burst of advanced knowledge that leads me through every line of Satan's defense somebody needs a breakthrough today I said somebody needs a breakthrough today it's coming suddenly it's gonna burst on the scene it's ignited right now you better be careful you got dynamite in your womb and there's fire in this house I can't even go to the next part. Miss Cherise, you Valor Christian College students, because it says I get my breakthrough. From your word. Get your Bible, wave it around. I don't care if it's in your cell phone. Turn the flashlight on your cell phone. Recognize the light of the word of God coming out of there. I said, hallelujah. You can't watch porn and read the word on the same cell phone. I don't have any Christians in here today. Your word. Your word. Not the Dow Jones Industrial. Not my Instagram photo taken through seven different beauty lenses everybody knows that ain't what you look like (laughs) say your word gives me hope hope in the midnight hour hope when I pillow my head hope when I have to lay my head in the shaggy mane of the lion and sleep like a baby all night long this word gives me hope it's forever settled in heaven God holds it above his name it gives me hope he hastens after it to perform it it gives me hope not one line of it will fall to the earth void of power it gives me hope the great existentialist in fact known as the father of existentialism Soren Kierkegaard said this hope is passion for what is possible I want to run, bro. Legacy shirt wearing, shouting, brother. I'm going to shout with you. Did you hear that? Passion. 
What are you passionate about? Besides gossip. What are you passionate about? Except negativity. What are you passionate about? Besides a critical spirit. What are you passionate about? I can tell you what Deborah George is passionate about. But I'm not sure about you. What turns your clock? What winds you up? Tell me your three greatest desires and I'll identify your God. Show me the three things you spend most of your time and energy on and I will show you your idol. When you spend more time at the hairdresser, I was talking to men, at, somebody got to stand up to be seen, speak out to be heard. Catherine Booth, who's that? Was she the mother of the great Salvation Army? Probably a greater preacher than Dr. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. She sure enough had more fire. Here's what she said. The waters are rising. <laughs> but so am I. The waters are rising, but so am I. I'm not going under. I'm going over. I need somebody to stand up and shout hallelujah. I need somebody to share this right now. Because hope is being loosed. You're not ready for the next quote I'm going to give you. It comes from the great Diedrich Bonhoeffer. He said the essence of optimism is that it takes no account of the present. I want to preach so bad. Because the minute I said that, I saw the great Apostle Paul. I saw him with his arms shackled to the walls and his feet shackled to the floor in the inner prison in Rome, which was in the drainage sewage systems of the city. with sewage sludge from thousands covering him from the waist down. No way to escape the rats, the vermins from gnawing on his body. The filth, the disgust, the pain, the darkness, the agony. I hear him. I hear him. He's about to write something when he gets out of there. And get out, he knows he will. Because his God is able. I don't know about your God. He wrote 
You have raised me up. Raised me up. He was less perplexed about his present position than you are if your baby don't get its diet changed on time in the nursery. If somebody got in your seat, if you did something for God and nobody thanked you, If everybody got recognized but you. If she got in the front line again, and here I am on the third row. Gloom, despair, agony on me. Deep, dark depression. Excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, You'd have nothing to talk about at all. Charlie Brown, Charlize Brown, why is everybody always picking on you? You're the only one. Bless its little heart. Grow the flip up he has raised me up he's in the sewer system of Rome shackled and with his mouth he's declaring you have lifted me up and given me joint seating together with Christ in heavenly hope will turn your sewer into a heavenly place. You don't want to clap, do you? It's okay. Did you get this? The essence of optimism is that it takes no account of its present. So pastor, why are you checking with 15 banks to see if you can do what God told you to do? God told you to start a business, start it. Your problem is you can't tell the difference between God's voice and the devil's. Ain't that a shame? That book says, my sheep know my voice. Another voice they will not. Another translation said, they cannot hear. I wish somebody would shout in this Presbyterian church. It takes no account of the present. You should write that down somewhere. Today, I refuse to take account of my present situation. Oh, I would like to say that. I'll get to it, Lord. But rather, it is a source of inspiration. 
God breath of vitality and of hope. I'm going to prophesy about you now. Where others have resigned, given up, thrown in the towel, said, oh, what's the use? I know somebody else, they were sick and they died. Well, I know somebody that was sick and got healed. Where others have resigned, it enables a man to hold his head high. I want to preach there, and I'm going to. If you leave it, move it. Keep going. To claim the future. Do you know you can claim your future? Now faith is the substance of things we hope for. The evidence, the tangibility of things we cannot perceive with our sensory mechanism. By it we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Are you framing your future? Or are you being framed by your future? Claim the future for himself and never abandon his future to his enemy. I dare you to stand up right now, draw a line in the sand, tell the devil to get back across the line onto his side of the line and then take one step forward, invade enemy held territory and let every devil and demon know you came to get your stuff. Mr. Hope does not come from this world. Madam, hope does not come from anything in this natural world. If in this world only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Why? Hope is not a product of this world. Not a product of your bank account. Not a product of the size of your house. Not a product of how many children you have or don't have. Not a product of how pretty your wife is or ugly she is. It's not a product of this world. Go ahead and dye your hair. See if it gives you more hope. Pluck it out and paint it in. See if it makes you any more hopeful. Get you a new car. And the hopeless feeling you will get in the pit of your stomach when you have to sign that note at the end of every month. Good God, I'm like pastoring today. This is... I got more. You want me to go on? Hope is a gift 
from the Lord God omnipotent who reigns. And it has no other source. So we talked a little bit about the definition of hope. A favorable, confident expectation having to do with the future and unseen, happy anticipation of good. I shared with you about favor. I told you that favor was not fair, but it sure enough is fun. I told you that favor will move you to the front of the line when you had no business being in the line. I told you that favor is that intangible force that baptizes you in boldness and replaces the fear that formerly dominated your situation. Jesus announced in Luke chapter 4, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. How many mornings you get up feeling your post-toast is like that? The Spirit of the Lord. Sorry, I get a quickening every time I say it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For He has anointed me. To anoint means to smear. Or to paint one with favor as a target. <laughs> Everybody just show the devil your back and tell him I'm painted like a target. I'm anointed, painted like a target. I said I'm anointed, painted like a target with a fragrance that attracts the free favor of God omnipotent who reigns. John 5, 14 and 15 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And because we know that he hears us, we know with steadfast confidence and assurance that we have granted to us for our present possession those things that we have requisitioned him for. Do you know what requisition means? Okay, you've never worked in a business that had a requisition form. To requisition means to fill out a form and submit it for your request to be granted. God said, fill out the form, baby. Open your mouth. Let hope give birth to faith. Let faith become the pen and your tongue become the quill. And go ahead and write your future. People just look at me like, huh? Whew. Anybody blessed yet? I want to go on just a little bit. I got I to gotta go on just a little bit. I want to go to uh, expect. 
salvation. Expectancy is the breeding ground of everything you're sitting in right now. You have currently in your possession everything you have been expecting. I didn't say what you wanted. I said what you've been expecting. How does a woman become expecting? I heard a precious man the other day. I said, oh, look at you. You're expecting to his wife. Not his baby mama. Stop using such degrading language. I rebuke you. She's not a machine. You're not a man because you can make a baby. You're a man because you can raise a baby in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. He said, I said, oh, I see you're expecting to his wife. Pastor Chris, he said to me, yes, we're expecting. I said, you're not one of those funny guys, are you? Because I don't know a man that can be expecting a baby. Therefore, you are a man. He said, we're expecting. You are not expecting. Unless you want to carry that baby for nine months. Unless you want varicose veins. Unless you want to try to produce a watermelon through a thimble. You're not expecting anything. What? What must happen for a woman to be expecting a baby? First of all, she has to have a womb. Secondly, her seed must come into contact with a seed. Her egg must come into contact with a seed. For her to conceive a baby and then become expectant of delivering that baby. Such was the case 
with the Virgin Mary. Now we transition from the natural to the spiritual. And here, the announcement of expectation flowing from the heart of that 14-year-old virgin with whom it was impossible to conceive. And you will learn the secret of spiritual conception to produce expectancy. How shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. Fear not. Fear is enemy number one of every miracle that God conceives in the spiritual womb of every man, woman, boy, and girl. Fear not. For you have found faith with God. You shall conceive in your womb. And you shall give birth to a son. He shall be called great. The throne of his father David shall be given to him and of his kingdom. There will be no end. Why? Because what God gives birth to never dies. Well, my dream died. Not if God birthed it. Well, my hope is dead. Not if God birthed it. Well, my joy is dead, not if God birthed it. Well, my business is dead, not if God birthed it. You say, yeah, but look at it, it's empty. You better get to talking to it the same way Mary did. Be it unto me according to your word. That word is the seed of hope. Your miracle, your victory, your breakthrough eh, is won or lost in the arena of your expectation. Stop blaming everybody else. What you're living in right now is the sum total of everything you've been expecting. Hope is not wishing. Shall I say that again, Miss Deborah? Are you getting me? Okay, record this. Hope is not wishing. Hope has expectancy. Hope has conceived. 
from the word and is expecting. My grandfather, he was about six foot three. He was extremely tall for his age. He was a big man, muscular. He got what they used to call hardening of the arteries. That's where you've eaten so many donuts that your veins are full of plaque. So he came to live with us. I was a young boy. I was probably in the fifth or sixth grade. And every evening, strangest thing would occur. He would go to the kitchen sink, which if you're from Kentucky, you call a zinc. He'd go to the zinc. And when he'd get there, he would take two Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Everybody that's smiling is telling your age. Because the plop, plop, fizz, fizz of Alka-Seltzer used to be the hillbilly cure-all for everything. It'll make your children mine. Help you find your cow that got out the gate. So finally my dad said to him, he said, Dad, why are you taking Alka-Seltzer? Do you have a headache? No. Well, do you feel like you're getting the flu? No. Well, you got the sniffles? No. My dad said, Seltzer every we called it Alki Seltzer. Alki Seltzer every night. And my grandfather simply looked across at him and said, So I don't get none. He was anticipating the headache that he did not have. He was anticipating the flu that had never arrived. He was fearful. Job said, that thing which I have expectantly waited upon in fear has come upon me. Don't you rebuke coronavirus out of fear. Some people try to make a faith confession out of fear with their knees smiting one against the other. You don't speak to believe. That Bible said, we have believed, therefore we speak. Some of you only give expression to your fear through what you call a faith confession. Get somewhere. Get down at an altar. Stay alone until you're not alone anymore. Stay
stay in your house till God's presence invades your presence. Pray until the glory cloud comes and when you get up, you recognize your spiritual womb has expanded and you have become in contact with the seed of the word of God and you are now expecting a miracle. What are you expecting? Do you go to your mailbox every day and pull it open fearfully for the magnitude of bills that you have made? Or do you get up and say, I can't wait to get to the mailbox because God told me if I would give, it would be given unto me and the check may be in the mail today. What are you expecting? Expect to fail and it will be a self-fulfilling promise, pro prophecy. Expect disease and it'll show up. What are you anticipating? Hear Jesus' compelling admonition from the great passage of faith in Mark 11. Hear him. Have faith in God. Therefore, I say to you, what things soever you desire. Everybody go like this. Because that's what desire means. To chase after producing heavy panting. That's expectation. I can say to my hundred pounds of black lightning German shepherd. I can say. tree <laughs> they tell me that professor sams of valor christian college the first time he saw his lovely wife <laughs> oh you did the same thing What are you heavily breathing in the spirit about? He didn't say want. It's not about that. What do you desire? I can tell you because the proof of desire is pursuit. What are you chasing? I chased Miss Joni for seven years. And then she caught me. Seven years. I chased Brother Summerall for decades. And nobody paid my way. 
He didn't give me anything but what I needed. Some of you can't make it to Wednesday night online. Oh, I'm passionate for God. No, you are What you're expecting, you're passionate about. Miss Joni has a pair of slippers. One of them says, Mama, and the other one says, Bear. <laughs> Don't mess with a mama when she expecting. She will mess you. Pray when you believe. Believe when you pray, and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive. I've got to, I gotta move really, really quickly because I don't want you, I don't want you to miss this. Let's forever settle this in our hearts and in our minds this very day. That hope is the womb of faith, and that faith always deals in the merchandise of the unseen. For if hope is seen, how is it therefore any more hope? Hope glances over its left shoulder and glances over its right shoulder only momentarily that it might gain some degree of faith from the past victory and success. David said, same God, lion, same God, bear, same God, uncircumcised Philistine. But hope does not stare into the past. And if you ever get this, you'll learn something on the devil. He cannot do any more about your future than he can about your past. If you live right in your present, I just said a thing. Can the devil mess up your past? I ask you. A... You knew I wanted to. Can the devil do anything about your past? I'm going to ask you again. Can the devil mess up your past? Then how can he mess up your future? unless you expect what he wants you to. Keep talking about those bad days and gloomy Tuesdays. Keep talking about how God's word could never answer your situation. I had to deal with Austin Chandler about that when I first started telling him how to speak words of faith. He said, but dad, my doctor told you, don't you understand? Autism is incurable. See, that's what his doctor said. Why do you believe your doctor over God's word? When you do, you'll have exactly what your doctor said the rest of your life. Or you can break those chains. 
favorable, confident expectation, having to do with future and unseen, happy anticipation of good. Can I spend one minute on happy? Hap, 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 happy. I just love to walk up to somebody in church and you can feel them frown behind their mask. Oh, they're getting a heel in line. Just try to bless me. The joy of the Lord is my The joy of the Lord. Song was written 1929. Became the theme song for Franklin Delano Roosevelt's campaign three times for President of the United States. He's, he was inaugurated three times before the two term rule was in place. People were at the end of the Great Depression. Soup lines, as far as you can see. Fortunes ruined. Banks collapsed. No jobs. No hope. And FDR had a theme song for his campaign. I forget what it was, and so does everybody else. Because it was boring as sin. Somebody finally yelled out in one of his campaigns, you don't change that song, I'm not voting for you. We're depressed enough. And the band struck up that song written in 1929, five years earlier. Happy days are here again. The skies above are clear again. Let us sing a song of cheer again. Happy days are here again. What do you think of when you think of happy? What makes you happy? Under God, take another dose of it. Think of good times. My precious son's precious lady friend of two years now, some of you may have seen, she came and got me off the front row and I had to leave the service. Her father graduated to heaven today, right in the middle of the worship service. And Miss Patty went back there and put her arms around her. Uh, the one with his arm around her, that's my son. The other one's my other son, Marky, that plays guitar over here. He was born in this church. But today, while we were worshiping, she got a text message. Your father has graduated to heaven.
And Miss Patty McKee wrapped her arms around her there in the back and said, put her hands like this on her face and made her look her in the eyes and said, you think of your dad smiling right now. You think of his laugh right now. What makes you happy? Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are holy, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any power, if there be any praise, think on these things. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is it. You gotta start with happy. When I think of happy, I think of happy days. Miss Deborah, I think of sock hops, poodle skirts. I'm a child of the 50s. And your childhood ought to be the happiest time on earth, not a time where some deranged educational system wants to try to make you decide you're not the sex you were born in at third grade. You better stand up. Third grade. If you need help identifying your child, I can come to the delivery room and help you. Actually, just come on to the women's clinic. We'll do an ultrasound, and there it will be, or there it will be not, and the question will be answered. This is in my crawl, and it better get in yours. You don't even know when to amen. Afraid the camera will be on you. Put it on all of them. Let them stand up for something. I'll tell you what, you want to be real happy sometime. Just, I just think about, you know, I think about Main Street in middle America. I think about a Chevy truck. I think about an Amish brown bag apple pie. Two slices. Extra ice cream. Happy. Happy. Sometimes I just close my eyes and dream that I'm living in a Norman Rockwell world. Happy. Peaceful. God wants all of his people to be happy. Are you afraid to be happy? Now, if you have to sin to get it, you're not even saved. So I'm not talking about you. God wants you happy.
Jesus didn't give his life for your life to be a misery. Mother Parsley used to tell me quite often, son, Jesus died. You don't have to. We ought to be the happiest people on this planet. We're on our way to heaven and we got heaven to go to heaven in. I know you want me to quit. Stand up beside me. Dr. Sumrall told me it's not hard to live right. Some of y'all need to learn this. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's not hard to live right. You understand? Brother Pastor Soprowski, you understand? It's not hard to live right. Look at that beautiful wife. Look at that beautiful baby. God, the creator of heaven and earth, gave you and your lovely wife the ability to create yes, sir. immortality. Must be something. God wants you happy. Not fighting, fussing, and bickering. Happy. Brother Summerall said to me, My babies weren't much older than that. He said, It's not hard to live right. You can be the happiest man on earth. He said, Stay away from women. And stay away from money. Preach this gospel. You'll be the happiest man on earth. This one was about five years old. And every morning, she would get up. How, how come kids get up so early? What is that? And why do they have all the energy? That should be reversed. Anyway. She would come in, and she'd climb up on my Miss Joni's bed, and I, we'd be laying there talking for an hour or so, and we'd hear her coming, and I'd close my eyes. <laughs> and she would climb up on the bed, climb up on my chest, and do this. <laughs> do it again. Ah, there's daddy's girl. You think I want to trade that for some 30-minute rendezvous? Are you out of your ever-loving mind? What is wrong with us? God wants us happy. How can we not be happy? We're on our way to heaven. Our sins are forgiven. Shout, I'm going to be the happiest person on earth. I may have balloons every Sunday morning at World Harvest Church just to celebrate.
right now, your life may seem paused in the grip of winter. Your days are dark, your nights are cold, dreary. But in the middle of your sleepless night, you realize that the wind has blown away the clouds. And although it's very, very cold, it's very, very clear. And while it still seems as black as midnight, you notice something you've never seen before. Like a glowing ember, it appears in the eastern sky. Something's burning in the firmament just above the horizon. It's called the day star. It's sent forth every morning by the Lord God omnipotent who reigns to lead the steps of an ancient dance in the heavens. It's actually not a star at all. It's really the planet Venus, the second from the sun. It's named for the Roman goddess of love and beauty. She comes blazing like a flaming torch against that sable sky. Compared to the magnitude of the heavens, she's not very significant at all. In fact, her only significance is that she symbolizes one thing. The sun is coming. The day star is simply a reflection of a glory far greater than herself. That little tiny speck of rock and dust in the distance becomes a happy and hopeful herald of something so great that her own glory will soon be forgotten and the hopelessness that preceded her will vanish like a puff of smoke in a noonday breeze. May I tell you that this very morning the sun is on his way. Can I tell you that he's coming to swallow up the darkness of your midnight? Don't look down. Don't despair. Don't be discouraged. Look up. Hope is burning like a beacon in the blackest of midnight. It's time to hope again. If you have light, you can never be in darkness. If you have hope, you can never be defeated. And lady, you have hope. Sir, you have hope this morning because Jesus is alive and he reigns forever. He is that true bright and morning star and one day soon he'll come in all of his matchless glory and power. I can already begin to see the brightness of his shining breaking on your horizon. You say, how can you be so certain of our ultimate triumph? What sign can you give that my current circumstances are about to be swallowed up in victory because you and I have hope today. Hope that cannot be extinguished, eradicated, or eliminated. And now abide these three. Faith, hope, and love. 
the three principal graces of God. So have hope, have hope today and receive a favorable, confident expectation that deals with your future unseen, happy anticipation of good. Because he's a good, good father. That's who he is. And you are his child. That's who you are. So get on your feet and give a praise to the Lord God omnipotent who reigns in hope. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.